on. <laughs> you know, what Pastor was sharing there about uh, relationships to me is very, very important because what I'm finding out, we never do ministry alone. You hear what I'm saying? Isn't that good news? You know, not only uh, the Lord is with us, He said He'd always be with us and never leave us nor forsake us, but praise God when He puts people into our lives to help us, to encourage us, to equip us to the things of God. Uh, it just means God has something on His heart and mind. He has a plan. And guess what? We win. <laughs> Thank you so much for the praise and worship tonight. I appreciate that. Appreciate your hearts. Yes, amen. Matter of fact, why don't we just do something right now? Never get in a hurry. Let's just stand up and lift our hands. Let's just love on Him one more time. The thing you bring to the Lord, the, the gift that you have is your worship. Father, we stand before you tonight and we lift our hands. We exalt you, Father, and we declare thou art the Lord our God, our Master, our Champion, our King. And Jesus, you're our Lord and our Savior, our Redeemer. You're our healer, our righteousness, our sanctifier. You're our peace. You're our very joy. And Holy Spirit, you're our comforter. You're our teacher. You're our guide. You are the anointing that fills us this night. And so, Lord, we just want to say thank you for calling us. Thank you, Father, for redeeming us. Thank you, Lord, for the hope you put in our heart. Thank you, Father, for the future that you've given to each and every one of us. Now, Father, we pray this, and I pray this over each one in here tonight. That, Lord, what you've put in us, Lord, we believe we are to be a steward of it and to allow what you've given to us be given out freely to others. So, Father, continue to equip us. We thank you for what you've taught us. We thank you for what you've revealed to us. Lord, we do not take it lightly. Holy is your word. Holy is your revelation. But, Lord, we're just continually wanting to be hungry. But, Lord, I pray in that hunger... They'll always be good stewards of what you've already given to us. So, Lord, I bless this, your people, tonight as we are set into your presence. Father, I yield myself to you that I might be a vessel of ministry to the hearts of these, your precious people. May I speak the word in truth. May it be accurate above all, Lord, that it will be anointed. And I pray that in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Love on the one next to you, and you may be seated and smile on the way down. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, Linda and I, we, we left uh, Friday, went to Morgantown. We ministered there this last weekend. But when we were in this area, uh, I love to call your pastor and say, hey, if you need us, we're here. Love to fellowship with you. And uh, what I found is God puts people in your life as a gift. As a matter of fact, you're a gift. You're a gift. You are. We don't always just look to others, you know. Praise God, grab a hold of that. You're saying, you're a gift. Say that. I'm a gift. Sometimes it's hard to get it out of your mouth when you're looking in the natural. <laughs> but when you look at what God has to say to you, I tell you what you can rejoice in Him. I do have some word for you tonight. I've been preparing my heart. If you have your word tonight, turn to Proverbs, the 17th chapter. Proverbs, the 17th chapter. I'll be sharing a lot from the King James, but there's another translation I've really come to appreciate. It's the Passion Translation. I don't know if you've grabbed a hold of that, but I love the way it says some things. It really brings it out. But tonight, uh, let's, I'm just going to stick with what God put in my heart. Proverbs 17:22, King James. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. 
This is what it says in the Passion Translation. A joyful, cheerful heart brings healing to both body and soul. But the one whose heart is crushed struggles with sickness and depression. Mamma mia. I said, Lord, I was reading that and I said, how, how can I relate that to where we are today? And I believe what we read the Word, it's not something we want to do once in a while. It's something we should be doing, I believe, every, every day of our life. And even a merry heart is a choice that you're going to make in life. Because each and every one of us will never have a shortage of depressions or things or attacks coming toward you. But it's what you choose to do at those times that's going to determine whether or not you're going to make it over that little hump in the road. Amen. But how can I uh, illustrate this? And what came to my heart was, well, what do a lot of people do every day? And it's take a vitamin. So I begin to look at this, and to me, we're going to take some the Lord's vitamins tonight. And this is a vitamin about a merry heart that's good like a medicine. And in that, uh, I was thinking this, so I started looking a few things up. Did you know last year over $40 billion was spent on vitamins and supplements in the United States. $40 billion. 77% of the people in the United States take some type of a supplement or a vitamin every day. Isn't that amazing? And you, I take vitamins every day. Do anybody else take vitamins in here? See, look at it. Every bit of 77%. Amen. But the thing about it is, as we begin to look at this, as the Scripture talks to us, I think it's, it's something that God is saying... Listen, if you take your vitamins every day in the natural, there's some spiritual vitamins you need to take. It's in the Word that gives you instruction on what to do about a, a merry heart. Now, talking about vitamins, I got to thinking about that. Did you ever notice on TV, they don't ever have anybody on there that's ugly selling vitamins? You know, they're not big, fluffy. You know, uh, they're not bald or, uh, or laying in a bed sick and they're handing them a vitamin. No, they're this nice-looking person. I mean, just lean and mean and just well-groomed. Subliminally, they're saying, if you take this vitamin, you're going to look this way. And it's amazing what that is really saying to the people's life. But what I believe what God is saying here, if we take His vitamins, a merry heart, do it's good like a medicine. If we do that every day, it will transform your life. Now, the effects of that is simply that it does uh, tend to affect our life on the whole. You know, the things of the Spirit, you know, it's amazing when we find the truth and we find the revelation in it, it will always affect also our soul and our body. Yes, we are a, a spirit, we have a soul, a house, and a body, but they're so intertwined together that one affects the other. Now, the thing about this is if we manage these moments in our interior, it will affect the exterior. A merry heart doth good like a medicine. The joy of the Lord is our strength. There's something about the joy and, and the expressions of joy that brings about something that's very positive. So it's either positive or negative. Either a merry heart doth good like a medicine or a broken spirit drives the bones. There's a choice there in, in this. So it's either positive, negative, good, or bad. So somebody says, well, do I have to be positive all the time? Well, no, but listen to what I'm going to say here. Science hasn't proven that being positive all the time is going to affect your health, but it has proven being negative all the time does affect your health. Listen to this. I, I wrote this down. It says, Negative attitudes and feelings of helplessness and hopelessness 
can create chronic stress, which upsets the body's hormone balance, depletes the brain chemicals required for happiness, and damages the immune system. Chronic stress can actually decrease your lifespan. You've been around people before it's been pretty negative? Oh, of course you have. We all have. There's some people that might be sporadic, but there's some people almost like they live in that negative attitude, that negative day. And you know as well as I do, the best day, the worst day in our lives, we're always going to have these opportunities because these things will always come to you. Opportunities seem to increase to be negative. You know, and, and there's so much in the world that's trying to get us. So it's not just that moment of being negative. What we have to watch out is that trap that's trying to get us into constantly being negative. There, were, there was a uh, farmer down in Arkansas. They get together like at McDonald's every morning, have their coffee and something to eat, and they'd sit around and talk. But one of the old boys there, one of the farmers, he was negative. Always negative. He couldn't find anything positive about anything. And so one day uh, they decided they was going to go duck hunting. And so this one gentleman got a brand new lab, and they went duck hunting. And would you believe the negative dude pulled out his shotgun. Bird, first one came up, he shot it, killed it, went right in the water. And so the, one of the farmers there just got his brand new bird dog here. Well, not a bird dog, but a uh, lab. Anyway, he said, I'll have my lab go get your bird, but he's a special lab. He doesn't swim. He walks on the water. Anyway, so he said to the lab, go out there and get that bird. So it walked right out there, picked up the bird, walked, come back here, and just laid it at that negative man's feet. And that man was standing there smiling, looking at the negative fellow. He says, what do you think of that? Negative man said, hmm, guess your dog can't swim. <laughs> Always find something negative. Always find something negative. Guess your dog can't swim. My word. So we know people all the time that's been negative around us. And I tell you, it does affect you negatively. That's what the Lord is saying. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Sometimes it's just good to laugh. I mean, I, I remember being in some meetings where we had some laughter cut out. That Oh, man, my ribs hurt. My face hurt. I've laughed so hard. But, oh, I tell you what, it felt so good. So in this, we were finding that that laughter is definitely a good medicine. And I read this one that said, and I didn't agree with it when I first read it, but I, I can see it. It says, fake joy is better than real depression. But you know what? That is true. Because sometimes you go, ha-ha, devil. You know? You just sort of kind of begin to laugh a little bit. And to, I don't care if you have to kind of work it up. Laughter's a good medicine. Mary Hart's a good medicine. Man, just begin to rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I kept looking some statistics up. And listen to this. It said that uh, 300 times a day, a young child will laugh. An adult will laugh an average of 17 times. My goodness. What does an adult do 13 times a day? Laugh. What's a child do 300 times a day? Laugh. What do adults do 22 times a day? Open the refrigerator door. No, that, I just threw that in there. <laughs> just... But what we're finding out here really is actually science is proving everything God said is true. Because I, I, I printed this off. This is, a, this is a study here by a couple of doctors, Dr. Burke and Dr. Tan of Loma Linda University in California. These two doctors are researching the benefits of laughter, and they found these results. Number one, 
Laughter, it lowers your blood pressure. My word. So people who lower their blood pressure, even those who start at a normal levels, will reduce their risk of stroke and even heart attack. Mama mia, that's great, isn't it? The second thing, it reduces the stress hormone level. By reducing the levels of stress hormones, you simultaneously cut anxiety and stress that impact your body. Additionally, he says the reduction of stress hormones may result in a higher immune system performance. It improves your cardiac health. Glory to God. Laughter is a great cardio workout, especially for those who are incapable of doing physical activity due to illness or injury. It says it gets your heart pumping and burns a similar amount of calories per hour as walking at a slow and moderate pace. So laugh yourself to health, right? Okay. Okay, laughter also boosts T-cells. T-cells are specialized immune system cells just waiting in your body for activation. When you laugh, you activate the T-cells that immediately begin to help you fight off sickness. Glory to God. A couple of other points are there, but what I'm saying is, is simply this, that science is really finally saying, hey, God was right. They're discovering what God said. Hey, a merry heart does good like medicine. It's a choice. Man, choose to have a merry heart. Choose to laugh if necessary. Choose to look at things in a different light than all the negativity around you that's trying to pull you down. It says here also, I wrote this down, I said, laughter is an integral part of physical wellness. Listen to this one. Laughing 200 times burns off the same calories as, two, as 10 minutes of a rowing exercise machine. So it's better to laugh than to row. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> And you know what the good thing is? You don't have to pay five payments of 1995 to get it. You just choose. I'm going to. I'm going to let a merry heart rule in my life. Glory to God. Not not all this other stuff. So what are we talking about here now? Well, some of these studies also found out this: if you stay awake during a sermon, it does help your life expectancy. Okay. Amen. Just just a little tidbit there. But the vitamins of God. What does He give us that helps our health? A merry heart does good like medicine. What's something else? Proverbs 14.30. King James, a sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy the rottenness of the bones. Isn't that something? And the, the, the Passion Translation says, a tender, tranquil heart will make you healthy, but jealousy can make you sick. Man, when you begin to look at this, look at, let's look on that negative side. We'll get to the positive. But it's talking about envy and jealousy, what it's going to do. When it begins to start operating in your life, it really works against your physical health. We think we're justified in that. But I can tell you, comparison and jealousy, trying to keep score, it'll eat you from the inside out. It will actually do that. And we're prone to comparison because that's what our world system is doing right now. Comparing anything and everything to one another, putting one another down, putting one another up. But I'm not going to talk about you now. Just let me talk about me. About 30 years ago, when I was pastoring there in Illinois, it might have been even older, longer than that. Makes no, makes no difference. But a church there in town, about 2,000 people, made a comment from the pulpit about me and our church. Oh, I tell you what, that just torqued me. I'm thinking, here they got a church about four times, five times bigger than our church, and they're standing there comparing and talking about me that way. And I had a temptation to really get upset, to get a little jealous how big they are and how little we are compared to them. 
you know, and it began to really rile me until the Lord just yanked a knot in my tail. And so what I did, okay, how can I do something different? So what I did, I, I sent him $1,200 for his building program and changed his heart toward me. But you know, the Bible says, bless them that persecute you, do good to them despite the, that, that use you. You know, it's doing the opposite. And, and what, what I'm saying is this, if I would have continued in that, man, I could have become envious, I could have been jealous. And here's something I read, because I've, I've started really researching the last week on the differences even in jealousy and, and in envy. And this was an interesting fact. It says, when we want to compare ourselves with possessions, you will always compare yourself upward. They have more than I have. But anytime you want to compare yourself in morals, you go downward. You say, I'm better than they are. Isn't that sad? But notice, any way you want to compare, up or down, it's bad. One reason it's so bad, because when you start looking up and you start seeing what other people have, then jealousy and envy can enter your life. If you start looking down and you start saying you're better than someone, then pride can enter in your life. And listen, pride goes right before a fall. None of this is good, folks. What God says... Do away with jealousy. Do away with comparing. Do away with envy. Do away with keeping count, keeping score. A sound heart, a sound mind. Man, it'll bring health to your flesh. A tranquil heart, a tender heart, will make you healthy. Well, how do I keep this sound mind, this sound heart? How do I keep a merry heart? It's all a choice, and it's matter as what is feeding you, what you're allowing to be fed you. Amen. You know, I, I like being around your pastor. He always builds me up just being around him because I tell you, he's a man I believe that preaches faith, but preaches and inspires hope in people. Doesn't put people down, doesn't hold people down, talks about possibilities of lifting up. You see, where you go to church does really impact your life. And it shouldn't be just the way pastor combs his hair or the way he puts white in his hair. You know, it, 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 it shouldn't be any of the reasons. It should be because God's called you here. Amen. 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 And you can have the best. So, this is what comparison does. You just can't win. Stop comparing. You don't have to compare. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Don't be envious. Don't be jealous. No, rejoice with them. Cry with those that would cry or weep with those that would weep. But it's something about this thing that the enemies tried to do in the world system tries to get in the heart's of Christians, and we can't allow it to ever get in there or there to stay. So what are we talking about? We're talking about God's vitamins. A merry heart. A sound mind. These are some vitamins. What's something else? In Proverbs 13, 12. Proverbs 13, 12, King James. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, in other words, hope is fulfilled, it's like a tree of life. What's, what's this saying to us? Hope makes a difference. Having hope or having it deferred, one or the other, it's going to make a difference. Hope does. And I tell you what, hope simply is the difference, I think, in our life when we go through different situations in life. Recently, uh, just about a month ago, uh, I did a funeral for a man that was in my church. He was in leadership, and he went on. He was pastoring a church. He just passed away. And as I was just looking at his wife, Penny, it really blessed me because she's a woman that 
through the loss of her husband, she hasn't lost hope. She's going on. We were just up in Iowa. A pastor up there had lost his wife a couple years back, and he's going on, hasn't lost hope. Lauren Schlomer, a good friend of mine, pastors up in northern Illinois. His wife passed away maybe four years ago, five years ago, and uh, he never lost hope. Uh, Joyce Chetister, her husband passed away, and, and uh, she hasn't lost hope. When I saw the way that they have not lost hope, even though what they've been through, it really began to encourage me. And I told your pastor this today. I was just meditating what I'm sharing with you right now as God was ministering to me. And I was thinking, you know, when I first started traveling and then I pastored for 10 years and I've been in Tulsa there for 20-some years in ministry, when I first came in ministry, I thought my number one responsibility was really to teach faith, to build faith. And it is an element, don't get me wrong. But what I'm finding really, he, he's really called me as a pastor to, is to instill hope. See, faith is a substance that makes hope for. You have to have hope for your faith will ever work. But I tell you what, you see a lot of people getting their faith developed. The sad part, I've seen some of them lose hope. And that's, that's an area that the enemy, I think, tries to run in people's lives to get them to lose hope, saying there's no answer. It, 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 this is the way it is. Matter of fact, people think they don't have, they, they start to lose hope. They think, well, my circumstances are this way. My, my life is this, my family's this way. Uh, my finances, uh, this is just the way it is. And they think, well, nothing's ever going to change. My marriage isn't going to change. My finances aren't going to change. My job ain't going to change. My kids ain't ever going to change. And they begin to lose hope. And that's exactly what the enemy tries to get us. From going in the Spirit and getting over in the natural, begin to compare, begin to reason, begin to think, and not going to God's Word to get the assurance that we really need of who we are in Christ. Amen. Who we are and who He is. Glory be to God. So we can't fall into these traps. The Bible says hope is the difference. It's what makes the difference. Hope deferred, make you sick. But hope fulfilled, like a tree of life. Glory to God. So what's God's vitamins? He's saying, hey, a merry heart, a sound mind, a heart filled with hope. Man, that's what's going to make the difference in your life. It happens. Every one of us have these opportunities for disappointments discouragements, all types of disasters of whatever that might happen in our life. I found an article, and and not a pastor, but a doctor had written this. He was a surgeon, and he said, as a surgeon, I'll take people into the operating room, and some of them that I thought would live died. Some died, I thought, well, they'll live. Same type of a situation, same type of the illness or whatever it might be that he was taking them into the operating room. But this is what he said, and I wrote it down, it says, says, what I have learned as a doctor, I can't give people hope. Those that go in with hope are more likely to come through the surgery. But this is what got me. What I wish I could prescribe is hope. A medical doctor sees that. Why? Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope says there's an answer. Hope deferred says there ain't no answer. This is it. This is the way it's going to be. There's no change. This is it. I'm going to live this way. My family's always going to be this way. They lose hope. Even though they may have had faith developed in their heart, if you don't have the hope, faith has nothing to bring substance to. 
So what we need to do, and I, I praise God that your pastor does teach you well on faith and teaches you well on hope that there is an answer. And that's what we need to have in our life. But it's what we need to bring to other people. People in this world, they have lost a lot of hope. Unless they're wanting to look at the government. <laughs> I'll get back over here right now. Let me see. Okay, hope is seeing life with God as an answer. People are saying, God is my answer. You know, and they're saying that there is an answer. There is hope. When you get into the Word of God, it's filled with hope. My God can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Man, whatever I set my hand to prospers. I'm blessed when I go in. I'm blessed when I come out. Lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. Make recover. No, they shall recover. Man, that begins to build an image inside of you. Because you see, the negativity builds images too. And what you see is what you're going to get. I always love to, you, you probably heard Happy Caldwell use that one illustration. I, I love to use it myself. I'm, I'm going to stop saying he did it and start taking ownership of it myself. No, he was in Hawaii looking down on this big area, big walled area, big beautiful mansions with the stables with horses, helicopter pads, swimming pools, tennis courts. And he stood there and says, my, I just can't see myself living there. And the Holy Ghost spoke to him and says, don't worry, you never will. He says, why not? He says, because you can't see it. See, faith sees. Do you see yourself just always being this same way? Have you lost hope? I hope not. <laughs> I believe not. But listen, we all get into those times when we can have it wane. Don't get down on yourself. Don't put somebody else down if they're going through it. Let's pick them up. Let's pick ourselves up. You know, man... I am who God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And I will be who God says I will be. Glory be to God. Stop putting limitations on God in your life by getting a wrong image. Man, see yourself. Pastor and I, we, we was both preaching to one another day. We were both talking, I think, at the same time sometimes. But one thing that blesses me so much is when we're talking about the love of God, when Jesus said that the Father loves you and me as much as He loves Jesus. Oh, the love of God. Oh, the love of God. We're walking out the love of God right now. We're responding to the love of God. When you accepted Jesus as Lord, you responded to that love of God. Amen, amen, amen. So it, it comes down to not only what you believe, but don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. What did David say in Psalms 42, 11? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Talking to himself, as he began to preach to himself, he said, Hope thou in God, <laughs> for I shall yet praise him, who is the health of my countenance and my God. Oh, sometimes you're going to have to talk to yourself. Sometimes you say, Oh, stop thinking that way. You know, you have, and, and listen... And I, and I made that statement, and that was incorrect. Because I tell you what, a lot of the thoughts you have are not just the devil's thoughts, not just your thoughts, some are God's thoughts, but you have to begin to differentiate between them. And when you have a thought, doesn't mean you came up with it. It's true. You ever have that thought, well, who do you think you are? Well, that wasn't God. 
that wasn't you, I tell you his enemy, tell him to shut up. <laughs> Don't talk to the devil, only command him. Don't get into a conversation with him, just command him, rule over him. Because I tell you what, what you think upon, it begins to develop in you. What does it say in Corinthians? Weapons of our warfare? The what? Mighty through God. In other words, they're not carnal, not limited fleshly ability. Mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. But before it becomes a stronghold, guess what? He said, cast down imaginations. Because the imagination is what rose up to be a stronghold. But it didn't start with imagination. No. No, bring every thought into captivity. Because thoughts become imaginations which become strongholds. But the good news is no matter what level it is in your life, the Bible just said to you, the weapons of warfare are not carnal binding through God, even to pulling down the strongholds. But he said, you do your part, you bring thoughts into captivity. Negative thoughts, bring ca- Oh, that ain't God. I ain't going to think of That's not me. Oh, I, yes, I can. <laughs> Amen. You can, you can. If God said you can, then you can. Let me just chase that rabbit just a second. <laughs> Pastor and I, we were talking today, and when you get the Word of God in your heart, sometimes we begin to build up the image, but this is a danger when you begin to think, you really don't need the Lord right now. Well, people don't say that out loud, but they sometimes say it in their actions. You know, they get born again, get a little word in, and it's almost as if they say, it's okay, Lord, I'll take it from here. <laughs> Boy, that's ignorance gone to seed. Don't ever get to the point to say, I'll take it from there. No. We should depend on the Lord. We, we, we began with Jesus. We're going to finish with Jesus. And in between our beginning and our ending should be the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us. Jesus is our model. He didn't do anything unless he saw the Father do it. He didn't say anything unless the Father told him what to say. How God the Father anointed Jesus the Son with the Holy Ghost. The anointing is the Holy Ghost. If he's inside of you, you've got the anointing in you. Jesus didn't do anything separate from the Holy Spirit. And he says for you and me, we should never do anything separate from the leading of the Holy Spirit either. So praise God, you're getting some information, some knowledge. Praise God, that's wonderful. Because first comes knowledge, then comes understanding. You get knowledge that, oh, now I understand. That's where too many Christians stop. You need the next step. What is it? It's called wisdom. Wisdom tells you how to apply the knowledge and understanding that you have. But in this, we're walking with the Lord. You're never alone. Pastor, you're never alone. Glory to God. You're never alone. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You're in Him. He's inside of you. Glory to God. And now the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Let that create a perception inside of you. Ooh, that causes hope to arise. All of a sudden, man, that's right. No wonder he said, I can do all things through Christ. Well, yeah, I have the same anointing. I'm going to do what Jesus did. What the Holy Ghost said to do, I'll do. And that is the way we need to walk in this life every day. With a confidence and a dependency upon the Lord and the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. Amen. So what did David say? <laughs> Why are you cast down? No. Hope thou on God. In the New Living Translation it says, Why are you discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God, and I'm going to praise Him, my Savior and my God. So he's saying, God, he's, well, he's my health, my Father. He's my strength. He's my hope. He's the help, health of my countenance. Oh, folks, 
Are you listening to what God says to you? Take your vitamins. Merry heart. Sound mind. Hope. Hope thou in God. See, it's a choice. Put your hope in God. What have you got a revelation from God? Who are you? What is God saying to you? Relax. I see too many people under pressure. God never leads with pressure. See, you don't leave. It's people get behind, push you. That's what the devil tries to do, push you. Get you to move, you know. But don't get under pressure. Here's something, Lord, I'm deviating. Sorry, I'll get back to my notes in a minute. But there's something that's really been on my heart here. And it's, it's back in uh, Genesis, the third chapter, you know, when uh, Satan come to Adam and Eve. And he said, hey, why don't you eat near that tree? And they said, well, we, we, we can't eat that tree. God told us not to. And, and he said, oh, well, you can eat. Right? You, you, oh, yeah, we'd, we'd surely die. And th- but if you listen to what Satan said to him, said to Adam and Eve, you'll not surely die, but you'll become like gods, knowing right from wrong. You know what he was trying to draw a perception, a picture in their heart? And it was this. God's keeping something from you. If you ever have a thought that God is keeping something from you, I can tell you the devil is trying to hinder your walk in him right now. He's trying to make you blame God. And I hear too many people blaming God for things going on in their life, and he should never be blamed. But the enemy wants you to blame God. If you've ever had this thought that God is keeping something from you, It's a root of bitterness that the enemy tries to put in there to hinder your walk with God because you'll always feel like God is keeping something from you. That's a lie of the devil. Well, I just chased that rabbit. Okay. So here's three thoughts. A merry heart does good like a medicine. A sound heart keeps you healthy. And hope. Man, when hope comes to pass, it's like living next to the tree of life. Look in Proverbs, the fourth chapter. We're going to see how this really all ties together as far as vitamins. Proverbs, the fourth chapter, verses I'm sure you know well. Verse 20 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. They are life to those that find them, and it's health to all your flesh. Glory to God. It's health to all your flesh. The Word of God will strengthen you, folks. Don't look at the Word of God. Man, I've got to read the Word. I feel condemned. I haven't read the Word for like two months. and I, you know, Don't let that lie ever try to rise up inside of you. Praise God for words you've got hid in your heart. But start seeing the Word as a vitamin that God has given you that's health to all your flesh. Why do I go to the Word? I go to the Word, really, to find my Heavenly Father, to find who He is. And I tell you what, this last year, and I challenge you to do the same. When you go to the Word, read the Word, and begin let it reveal to you the love of God and the heart of God in it. Don't just see it as history. Don't see it as something that happened like in the book of Acts. Remember what he said, the children of Israel, God revealed his acts, but his ways he revealed to Moses. The ways, his heart, was revealed to him. 
So when I go to the Word of God and I read Scripture, man, I'm hearing the love of God come to me. For God so loved the world. Yeah, that he gave, yeah, yeah. That, that if two agree on earth, anything that's ashes shall be done on me of my Father. Oh, my gosh. That's his love. Is it? Yeah. Fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit. Even grab a hold of that. You can't even bear fruit without the Holy Spirit being involved. Not only that, you can't do it without being connected to Jesus. Because Jesus the vine, we're the branches. He says, without me you can do nothing. But man, when I'm attached to him, I'm drawing my life from him. Now the Holy Spirit inside of me will produce some fruit. And by the way, you know what all the fruit is? You know, love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, faithful, peace, temperance. Really, fruit of the Spirit is simply love. That's manifested in all these differences. If you don't understand what I'm talking about, look at the love chapter. Love is kind. Love is gentle. Everything over here, the fruit of the Spirit is, it says that's what love is. So when I read the Word of God, man, what I'm hearing is the heart of God. Oh, glory to God. Amen. So when you read the Word, like I said, you're more than just a physical body. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Your spirit and your soul needs nourishment. Just like the physical body needs nourishment. Jesus said, you should live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. What did he say? Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The Lord did not say, man will attempt to live by bread alone. Because a lot of man does attempt to live by natural things alone. But he said, no, don't, because the word is spiritual. It'll bring spiritual life to you, spiritual healing to you, physical healing to you, sound of mind to you. That's what the word of God will do as you take in the word of God. Yeah, man will try to live by bread alone, but uh, it ain't going to work. You need the nourishment. You need to feed and nourish all of that inside of you. And don't look for a substitute. Don't look for a substitute. A lot of things uh, seem to try to, to be substitutes. When I said that, I'm thinking about when I was down in in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. It's been several years ago, and a pastor there. You know, pastors a lot of times, if you're somebody driving through, you would know where to stop and eat. But they can know some mighty fine places. And here's this one mighty fine place. It was an old filling station that uh, no longer sold gas, but they sold biscuits made with lard Ooh. <laughs> and gravy. And that biscuit with, with a, a pork chop and an egg on it and that biscuit, oh, that was mighty fine. You know, a cardiologist stand outside you shaking their head, but... They may look at it bad here, but I tell you what, I believe they're serving it in heaven. <laughs> and you go in that place, you may walk in, but you're going to waddle out. Boy, I tell you, it was good food. But they give, they give you some samples while you're in there. I don't know if you ever ate at Lambert's in Sykesville, Missouri, or down in Springfield, Missouri. It's called a throat roll place. You walk in there, and you're sitting in these booths. Hey, who wants a roll? You want one? They throw it at you. You either catch it or get hit in the head with it. But they're coming around. They always give you, hey, would you like to have some pinto beans? Yeah, okay, here. They just, would you like some fried okra? You haven't even ordered this. Oh, yeah, but they put that. How would you like some fried taters? Okay, they put that on there for you. 
And they're just always giving you these extras while you're waiting for your food or even after your food comes. Well, down there in Georgia, though, this is what made me, makes me uh, laugh, is they also gave some small cornbread and pot liquor. You all know what pot liquor is? This is the humor. This, to me, this is what I call humor. The slave owners used to cook the vegetables, a lot of times the greens, and they would eat the grains, but they would give that leftover broth and such, and they referred to that as pot liquor to the slave. What they didn't understand was they were getting a substitute because all the nutrients from that food went over here to the slaves. The only thing they got was fiber for their colon. <laughs> that makes me laugh. People sometimes think they're getting over on somebody else. God's laughing in the background and you think you got it? Nah, they've got it. <laughs> Don't accept substitutes. Don't accept a substitute. Take the real stuff, the Word of God. And I, I heard some people, well, what translation? Listen, God's Word is anointed. It may say it different in one translation or another, but I believe His anointing is upon it. Don't get hung up on that. Amen, amen. Preach on Lonnie. Okay, I will. <laughs> so anyway, we've got to have this lifestyle, and it can't just be just for a moment only. That's where some wisdom will come to you when you realize your spirit and your soul needs nourishment. Now, sometimes you eat something, you don't think about it, but listen, what you ate went in your body, whether you realize not, and it's going to affect you one way or the other. Now, listen to what I'm going to say here. I've heard some people say, well, I just don't want to go to church. I may have heard that sermon before or something like that. Every time you hear the word, it's nourishing your soul, whether you realize it or not. Every time you get up in the morning and you read the Word, I don't care if it's just one Scripture, you're going to meditate just one Scripture, excellent. But I tell you what, you're feeding yourself. You're taking nourishment. Your soul has been nourished. Your spirit's been nourished. And we need that as a lifestyle. So God's vitamins, what are they? A merry heart. It's a sound heart. It's choosing hope and not releasing it, not letting it go. And it's having the Word of God in your heart, continuously feeding you and nourishing you. It's God's vitamins. So what did he say? Attend to my word. In other words, give attention to my word. He said, incline your ears. In other words, listen to the word of God. Don't let it be removed from your eyes. In other words, observe the word of God. By doing that, we have this lifestyle of walking with the Lord, allowing the Holy Spirit minister to us, Listen, folks, these are some good days. Don't listen to what the world says to you. These are good days. And I tell you, one of the best things about the good days, we're getting closer to our exit. But more than that, I read the Bible where it talks about him pouring out his spirit on the last day, that former that line of rain. I tell you what, I'm looking forward to this time. Hallelujah. I tell you what. Revelation talks about let those who be righteous be righteous still. Let those who be unholy be unholy still. There seems to be a greater separation. We don't have to judge them. We're just going to love them. Let me say this about it too. I used to be kind of hard. I told the pastor this today. I don't know if I'm getting loosey-goosey or what. But anyway, what the Lord has really been putting in my heart is what you use to get people into the kingdom of God. If you try to use fear, guess what? Fear is going to have to be in their life the rest of their life. What kind of a foundation did you put into them if you put fear? Man, they need to know about the love of God. 
Did you know if you read all, you read all the book of, uh, of Acts, you don't see anybody being hard on anybody in there. They're not preaching, uh, hey, you're going to turn or you're going to burn. No, no, they simply preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what Paul said. But Paul also made another statement. It's the goodness of God that leadeth to repentance. Man, be good to folks. Like I said, I could get on people's face now. They can stand in front of me. They can blow smoke in my face, beer breath in my face, and cuss, and I'm going to stand there and smile. That's different, Lonnie, than what Lonnie used to be. But why? I'm finding out the goodness of God leads people to repentance. It's not knocking them down. Love them. Why? Because they're walking at the knowledge that they have. Stop making people walk at the knowledge you have. And I'll tell you where I learned that. And I just learned it just a, this last year. It happened back in, in, the, in the 70s when I was working in quality control in a factory. And my foreman, I liked him, he liked me. Uh, but I'll tell you what, that guy had a mouth on him. And I just got filled with the Holy Ghost. And uh, one day I was in a meeting with him. And he was just using the Lord's name. And I just got walked out. He came, Lonnie, you okay? Yeah, would you get sick? I saw you. I said, yeah, but Bill, I tell you what, you've just used my Lord's name so much in there that I just could not hear. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cuss less. He came up to me the next day. Lonnie, I've cussed less today. My heart sank, and I, I didn't know why. Next day, he came up. I think I've cussed even less today. And it just hurt me. I never knew why until just last year the Lord was telling me. Because, see, he was doing something to please me. He wasn't doing it because of revelation. If we make people live according to our revelation, we're being unjust to them. Let them walk where they're at. Love them. How about the woman taken in adultery? Throw it at Jesus' feet. Jesus just ignored the dudes around them. And he said, hey, by the way, any of you without sin, go ahead and cast a stone. Oop, they all left. He said, hey, uh, where's your accusers? They've left. Well, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. She had to know that God would love her and not condemn her. See, the Lord never condemns. He'll convict. But we don't condemn people. They're just walking according to knowledge. They're just walking where they're at. And if it's the goodness of God's going to lead them to repentance, I need to be good to them. You need to have sinners in your life, folks. You need to be good to them. You need to love them right into the kingdom of God. They need to see you taking your vitamins. Man, you got some joy. You got a sound mind. You got hope. Wow, they haven't got any of that. And they'd pay good money for each one of those. But then they find out it's because Jesus is your Lord and you have a relationship with him. My word. They're just wanting that so bad. What's going to hinder this? One, if you lose hope. Don't lose hope. If you've gone through things and you've been believing God and believing God, and that's where the enemy tries to get in there. He tries to get you looking at the calendar, tries to get you looking at the clock, tries to make you look how long it's been, how long it's been. No, he's distracting you. He's trying to get you away from the hope that says there's an answer. Because your faith, you believe God's word. But when you start to lose your hope, there's nothing there. Don't be hard on yourself. Just say, hey, I will hope in the Lord my God. My hope is founded in Him. I am who God says I am. I can be what God says I can be. I can do what God says. I have His Word on it. 
And the other thing is what I said earlier, because that's just really in my heart. Don't ever get to a place where you think God is holding something back from you. Because the Word of God says He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Glory to God. He isn't holding anything back. He's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that pertains to life in this life and godliness, the things of the Spirit. He's got you covered both in the natural and in the spiritual. Woo! And he said, hey, I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving you all these things. Don't ever think that. But I tell you what, I, I truly believe in my heart that's one reason why Adam and Eve partook of that fruit. Yeah, they looked at it, but also they had this in the back of their mind. God's trying to keep something from us. Don't ever do that. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for every person here that they hear what the Spirit of God is saying tonight, Lord. Lord, if, if hope is, being, is waning in an area of their life, Lord, it's the Word that can cause it to rise up again. It's the Word that will cause it to rise up again. Mm. As we look to Your Word, as we attend to Your Word, as we focus upon Your Word, Your Word is stronger. It creates a picture, an image of who we are. It creates that image and that picture of who Your will is. And, Lord, it makes us strong on the inside where we don't lose hope. It's where we have a sound mind. We're not tossed to and fro. Where we have a merry heart because we're rejoicing, knowing that you're for us, you're not against us. Father, how wonderful it is to know you. But, Lord, how wonderful it is to experience you also in this life. That, Lord, it might be first bring glory to you and a testimony to those round and about as they look. So I pray for every person here right now. Because I, in my spirit, I, I was picking up. Some, there's some areas where you've lost some hope. Now, that, that, he's not, that, God isn't saying that to reprimand. No, he's saying, hey, caution, you can get right back. No, it's just a choice. You can get right back. Get right in that word again. How did you first start believing there? Get right back. Get right back. You're not going to lose time. No, don't lose hope. Don't let hope wane. And above all, don't you ever entertain a thought that God is keeping anything from you. He's given us all things pertaining life and godliness. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that over everyone here. Now, I just release, Lord, that that healing that takes place in the heart where health is concerned. Oh, where, where maybe hope was, mm, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Lord, where there was a sickness trying to reside in the heart because their hope was deferred, it was delayed. Oh, in Jesus' name I say, hope arise. Hope arise, hope arise. Yes, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for the word that you've hidden their heart. And I thank you, Father, that they, they shall do in these days those things you've called them to say and do. Oh, sipate eshimbroske. Oh, the only thing I hear in my spirit right now, the Lord says, be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong even in the spirit of His might. Walk boldly. Walk in favor. Walk in hope. And don't ever waver. 
and you see the provision of God that he's brought to you, it'll be a provision of great joy and strength and health too. For as the word will operate within your heart, within your mind, the walk will be easier. Oh, yes, you'll find. It'll be easier and greater joy shall be a part of your life. And the merry heart will do good like a medicine because it'll not depart. But not only will it bring medicine to you, but to others that shall look upon. Because they're going to find what God did inside of you. He's done already for them all along. So be bold and be strong and do not waver for the best days are yet ahead. So don't lose your joy and laugh out loud and you'll see be coming through again and again and again and again and again and again. I tell you, the Spirit of God just saying there's some things you, some of you have been believing God for, hoping for. You're closer than you can even realize. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Don't ever be one that would ever, ever give up, but receive from Him. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. One thing else that God just put in my heart right then is something, oh, something He was ministering to me. It was in the end of last year. And I was with some people, and I was just listening to them, and it was like God was just revealing some things that I heard them praying. And what they were talking about was was uh, believing for the promises of God. And I'm saying, Lord, why am why is that affecting me negatively? He says, because they're looking as a promise, as something that's afar off. And so the Lord really began to deal with with me that promises are given for a future but a provision is something that's here and now. Salvation is not a promise. It's a provision. Since Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, it's a provision. You receive it. Baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't a promise. Book of Acts was talking about being a promise there right before it happened. But listen, when the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost come, guess what? The Holy Ghost is no longer a promise. It's a provision. You reach out and receive. Now, here's one for healing. Healing is no longer a promise. By the stripes of Jesus, you were healed. It's now a provision. Now, let me explain to you how the Lord explained it to me. I've had pickup trucks. I love pickup trucks. I don't have a pickup truck right now. And the Lord said, if I promised you a pickup truck, would that get you excited? Yeah. Why? I said, well, because you are promising it. But what about that promise? I said, it's future, isn't it? He said, but if I stood in front of you with the keys to a new tundra and said, here's your pickup, what is that? I said, is it a provision? Yeah. What do you do with the provision? You receive it. That will help you in the way you see the things of God. Now, there are promises about the coming of the Lord, the promise of being changed in the twinkling of an eye. There's that promises that haven't been fulfilled. But I want you to know your salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and healing is all a provision that you receive. Take it out of the future and bring it into the now. Receive it. Amen. Lord, help me with that and really help me a lot. And I hope that helps you too. Well, praise God. Praise God. Don't lose. Don't lose what the Spirit of God was saying there about hope. Because that was the Spirit of God moving, I believe, in the room here. And He's going to keep bringing that up to you. 
So each day, take your vitamins. Take a merry heart. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> you may have to start off the flesh sometime. Oh, sometime just do it. Just do it anyway. Why? Because it said so. It said a merry heart does good like medicine. I need medicine. So ha, ha, ha. You know, laugh. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Why? It's good for your cardio. Release those T-cells, those endorphins. My, my, my. Sounds good. Sound mind. How do you keep a sound mind? Well, God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And as you get into God's Word, you find that there's medicine in that Word. Hope. Don't let your hope be different. Don't let it ever be lost or dropped. Embrace it. Because faith gives substance to things hoped for. Without hope, there's nothing the, the Holy Spirit can do in your faith to do it. But hope can be revived. Just like that. Just like that. <laughs> Greasy fingers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, I enjoyed myself. I hope you got something from God tonight. God, Pastor, I'm finished. <laughs>